What's up, everybody, and welcome back in to another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight I had three little topics that I wanted to come to you guys and uh, talk a little bit about. And the first one is the Jawan Howard incident that occurred yesterday during the Michigan and Wisconsin basketball game, or I should say at the end of the Michigan and Wisconsin basketball game. Should we shake hands after a game? Should we not? What did this do for college basketball? Was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? And should Jawan Howard have gotten suspended for more than five games? Um, I've heard a lot of back and forth on that and him waiting, you know, for over 24 hours to come out and give a statement. Dick Vitale, Seth Davis, Doug Gottlieb all said that this was absolutely ridiculous for college basketball. It can't happen. And, um, you know, I don't think it was a fireable offense, but we'll talk about that in just a minute. And I want to recap Auburn baseball going out to Arlington, Texas, uh, going two and one, getting big wins over number 12, Texas Tech, and a big win yesterday morning over Kansas State, 12 to one. Uh, only lost their first game. That was that was Friday uh, against Oklahoma, and and it was a zero zero game in the seventh inning, and and they they missed a pitch over the plate, caught too much of the plate, and and Oklahoma made them pay, and and Auburn loses that game three to nothing. So hey, not a bad weekend for Auburn baseball. I think it was a success. I think it was a win, and uh, coming home and and got Troy Wednesday night at Plainsman Park. So you know we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, the game yesterday against Kansas State and the bats finally waking up. And then I want to talk a little bit about Auburn basketball uh, falling to number three in the AP poll today, uh, 24-3 and overall, 12-2 and in the SEC. We're going to talk a little bit about their last, uh, last couple of remaining games and then Kentucky right on their heels. Auburn still has that two-game cushion there with the tiebreaker over Kentucky. So I uh, wanted, to, wanted to talk a little bit about that. So kicking it off tonight, I want to talk a little bit about the Jawan Howard situation. And my thoughts on this is as a coach in a, in a Division I program and an elite college basketball um, Big Ten program, this cannot happen. Okay. And I've seen multiple people's takes on it saying that. Um, the coach from Wisconsin started it by walking up to him and grabbing him. And, and look, go back and rewatch the video, people, all right, because that's not what happened, all right? If Jawan Howard – my take on this is if Jawan Howard had a problem with what happened at the end of the game, Jawan Howard should have kept his mouth shut. He should have kept it moving, and that would have been the end of it. Just walk past the man. Don't say a word, and that's it. Or don't even go in his direction to shake hands if you have a problem with what occurred at the end of the ball game. Instead, Juwan Howard walks up, he takes his mask down, and he says, I will remember that shit. All right, go back and watch the tape, people. He says it clear as day. It's all over social media. He pulls his mask down, and he says, I will remember that shit talking about the timeout that was taken with about 15 to 20 seconds left by Wisconsin. And not to mention, Jawan got in the post-game presser and said that the the game was over. Uh, You shouldn't be calling a timeout with 15 to 20 seconds left. 
You should have just let the clock run out. Look, Wisconsin brought in walk-ons, and when the walk-ons get in there with 15 to 20 seconds left, Michigan's in a full-court press with their starters still in the game. So what does Wisconsin do? They call a timeout. All right? Their coach is still coaching. Those guys don't get to play every day. And their coach said, hey, I'm going to do my job, and I'm going to draw something up to get this ball over over half court, and I'm going to continue to coach my players. We're going to play a full 40 minutes. I kind of get aggravated with these people who, you know, that, oh, they ran up the score and, and, you know, yada, 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 and – the, the Arkansas kid going for the highlight dunk against Auburn. I, hey, look, <laughs> there is no running up the score in my in my opinion. They're kids. Man, you're going for a highlight dunk against the number one team in the country on the upset. Do, do what you got to do. All right? Wisconsin's coach, I'm not mad at you. You were coaching and, and, and continuing to do your job with the guys who don't get to play every single day. And Jawan Howard got pissed about it. What do you, you know, what do you say? Um, I believe that Jawan Howard should have kept his mouth shut. And that instigated the whole thing is when Jawan Howard walked up, he lowered his mask and he said, I will remember that shit that instigated. Then Wisconsin's coach, immediately reaching out to Jawan to explain himself, and he grabbed him. Now, that is where Coach Guard is in the wrong, in my opinion, is he never should have touched Jawan. Okay? Maybe back up in front of him, but don't impede the man's space and then don't come, don't come in his personal bubble. Because when you touch a man in the chest area, like he did, or on the elbow, arm, forearm, whatever. Um, th- the man's first instinct is to protect himself, and that's when Jawan put his finger in his face. And then there's the disrespect from man to man. Hey, you put your finger in my face. We don't do that. Uh, then the names, you know, the name calling started, and it just all went downhill. Players started getting involved the announcers with the CBS theme music going off in the back. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Uh, they were getting into it. They didn't want to cut away from it and, and go to a, a different TV segment. And then assistant coaches getting in and, and Wisconsin um, had a big six, five assistant coach and apparently said something to a player and Jawan Howard heard it. They both, uh, got mad at, at that Wisconsin assistant coach, and that's when Jawan Howard come over the top with the right hand. It, look, it wasn't closed fist. It was open fist, little little uh, palm slap across the top of the head, um, nothing too violent. And it struck him, and then all hell broke loose. One of Wisconsin's players, he's in the middle of three Michigan players and, and caught a three-piece biscuit. Uh, backed up out of there, and then you got a Wisconsin assistant uh, giving the 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 DMX suck it sign over there, and and uh, or the the Degeneration X, whatever it was called, 
um, suck it sign and, and is just all over CBS. Um, and in my opinion, <laughs> was it bad for college basketball? I would say it was bad for the Michigan program and the Wisconsin program. And I don't think you need to see that. Um, as a parent, I wouldn't want to see that for my kid possibly picking one of those one of those two schools. Um, I wouldn't want my kid to be in that situation. Um, I guess I should say. And then, you know, Jawan Howard, you have to keep your cool there. Um, you're around student athletes and you're trying to, like I've said multiple times about Coach Harson and the Auburn football program, you're trying to lead an example and, and set an example for these young men to be uh, better men down the road in their lives uh, once they become a husband or a father figure. And uh, it, it's just not a good look. And, uh, you know, it, it took a little while, but Jawan Howard released a statement and he said, after taking time to reflect on all that happened, I realized how unacceptable both my actions and words were and how they affected so many. I am truly sorry. I'm offering my sincerest apology to my players and their families, my staff, my family and the Michigan fans around the world. I would like to personally apologize to Wisconsin's assistant coach, Joel Krabenhoff and his family, too. Lastly, I speak a lot about being a Michigan man and representing the University of Michigan with class and pride. I did not do that, nor did I set the right example in the right way for my student athletes. I will learn from my mistakes, and this mistake will never happen again. No excuses. Well, Juwan, live up to your word because it's happened before. Maybe not with the uh, overhand right, but you've had altercations uh, in the handshake line. And look, I saw Jimmy Dykes tweet today and say that the handshake line is not the problem. It's not the problem. Look, once you get done competing, you win or lose, and you shake your opponent's hand and you go about your day, you don't start fighting. You lose with class, you win with class. You take your lumps, man. You win as a team, you lose as a team. It's nobody's fault. You can't be getting mad at another coach for calling a timeout. He was doing his job. He was teaching his team to play until the buzzer sounds full 40 minutes. Hey, you take your ass whooping and you move on. Shake their hand like a man. That's what my high school coach always told me. You get your ass whooped, get up and shake their hand like a man. Bounce back next time. You can even tell them, hey, I'll see you around. I'll see you next time. All right. But you shake their hand. respect so I don't think shaking uh, shaking each other's hands is, is the problem and um, you know it's been around forever in collegiate sports and, and I don't think it needs to go anywhere so moving on from that topic <laughs> you know Jawan Howard only getting five games <laughs> hey it is what it is uh some people think that it's too much. Some people don't think it's enough. In my opinion, it is what it is. Move on from the situation, and uh, let's move on from it uh, on this on this episode. So we're gonna go right to Auburn basketball, and we're gonna talk uh, 
you know, them dropping the uh, one-point affair at, at Florida and not winning there since 1996, about as bad as not winning at LSU since 1999 in football. Uh, broke that curse, though, thankfully. And, and Auburn basketball sitting at 24-3, and 12-2 in the SEC. They have Ole Miss coming to town Wednesday night. <clears throat> Beat Ole Miss by double digits at their place earlier in the season. Auburn should bounce back at home. Should get the offense going back in rhythm. Hopefully don't have to rely uh, solely on, on Jabari Smith Jr. and Walker Kessler. Uh, and then the game of the year, they travel to Tennessee Saturday. And with all the things that are on the line in the SEC regular season championship, with Kentucky only, uh, uh, you know, they got, uh, I think they're 11 and 3 in conference play, and Auburn's 12 and 2. Auburn has that tiebreaker over Kentucky, but you really don't want to lose that game at Tennessee. You want to make a statement there, especially losing on the road to Florida. Bounce back and, and make a statement there. Then you got a tough one uh, March 2nd. They got to go to Mississippi State. Mississippi State's really, really good at home. Really good at home. Uh, Iverson Molinar, you know, I mean, he, he can really cause problems uh, for that Mississippi State team. And then you come back home on March 5th and close it out with South Carolina. Hey, do not sleep on the Gamecocks. I've been saying it multiple times on the show. They are hot right now. They're extremely hot, playing really, really good basketball right now. So, my opinion, Auburn dropping to number three in the polls just tells me that the voters still have extreme confidence uh, in the Auburn Tigers, and and they see that uh, the duo between Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler is still there, is still very strong. Um, They're just cold right now um, with the guard play. And, and, you know, if it gets back to – the previous, you know, beginning of the season, middle of the season, uh, if they can hit that stride again, then, you know, they'll be right there. And, and the voters, I think that I think they see that and they're not really worried about it. Look, winning on the road is extremely hard. Uh, you saw Arizona the other night. They struggled. I mean, it's, it's not easy, people. You think that you go to these places and just because their record is 16 and 9 or, or 17 and 10 or whatever, that, oh, well, they've lost 10 games. We're just going to breeze on by. That's not the case, man. Castleton and Appleby are legit. And Florida can, uh, once they get going, once Appleby gets going and, and uh, not as in, inconsistent as he has been this season, and you saw that last Saturday. I mean, if he's shooting the lights out of it like that, and then Castleton, I mean, the moves down in the post and the paint, I mean, Florida's tough. And and if they can get hot right here with that win over Auburn and and win their next couple of games, I mean, they're, they're going to get off that bubble and they're probably going to get into the tournament, especially if they go into the SEC tournament and win a couple games. I mean – they're losing that game at Florida wasn't just a walking game where they were supposed to win and roll over them. You know, I mean, I, I know multiple people who had it circled on their calendar saying that Auburn was in trouble. So, you know, I mean, dropping one spot right there, just like I said, it tells me that the AP voters really believe in Auburn and they realized what a tough environment it was and, and going on the road there. And look, you only lost by one. All right. And, and you had a chance to win the game in the final possession. And, uh, you know, Wendell Green, no slick shots at him. He panicked a little bit, and he wasn't ready for that defense that Florida threw out there. And it is what it is. So you've lost 
what two overtime games, um, and and one uh, one loss in regulation by one point. I mean, what your your three losses have been by what less than ten points or whatever. I mean, I think. I think there's still a lot of confidence in this team, and, and I think Bruce Pearl's going to get it right. So, uh, But that Tennessee game Saturday, that is the game of the year for sure, for Auburn's sake. Uh, you win that game, and, and you probably lock up the SEC regular season title, uh, especially if you go to Mississippi State on uh, that March 2nd and get that victory, then uh, it should definitely be Auburn's to, uh, to hoist up. So – Really excited about that, coming down uh, to the final stretch, trying to hold on to that one seed prediction from Joe Lenardi. And, uh, yeah, really excited about it and hope Auburn can get that SEC regular season title. That would be huge for the program and, and uh, the just the continuous building blocks for Bruce Pearl and, and uh, how crazy the jungle is and what he has built there. Just absolutely incredible. So, moving on. To Auburn baseball. Really excited about this team. Really excited about what they accomplished in Arlington, Texas. Uh, you know, not many people gave them a shot going out there. They said, uh, you know, there was question marks all, all over the pitching staff and, and the bats. Were they going to wake up? And I know a lot of people were worried Friday after, uh, you know, they they didn't score against Oklahoma and, and they come back out. Saturday and, and knocked off number 12, Texas Tech. And, you know, the bats really didn't show up there. They won two to one. Um, and, look, the the pitching staff, the starting pitching in the bullpen, really just absolutely won the weekend. I mean, you look at yesterday, Trace Bright, he gets to start, and some people were saying that he's probably going to be the Sunday guy, and they don't know if he's going to stay in that that spot all year. And he comes out, and he gives you five innings, allowing one run on two hits and five Ks. Now, granted, I know Kansas State's not the most high-powered offense, but, hey, still a tough opponent, and you, you can't ask for much better. I mean – one run on two hits and five Ks. And then he he comes out, and in the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, uh, you got Chase also, Mason Barnett, Cade Gronzo, and Carson Swilling. They come in to shut the door for, for the bullpen, and they only give up one hit and strike out nine. I mean, dominant pitching performance. You can't ask for much more. Um, and, you know – talking a little bit about the offensive side and Auburn comes in and, and like I said, the bats weren't hot at all. Uh, lead off Blake Rambush had three hits, drove in four runs, has been an absolute spark plug. Uh, Ryan Dial, Brayton Brown, both drove in three. Um, Ryan Dial has, has played out of his mind. <laughs> um, and, and Sonny Deshera. Had a pair of hits. Sonny Deshera has stroked the baseball for Auburn. Uh, what a really big pickup for Auburn it was, filling in at that first base slot. Um, and Josh Hall stealing home plate. It was incredible. Incredible. Really good jump. Um, K-State rushed the throw. And 
Josh Hall slides in there and and safe the plate. Uh, Nate Larue got it. He really got it going. Um, Auburn had bases loaded in in the first, and Nate Larue hit a ball um, that probably leaves majority of SEC parks, and um, it ended up being a sack fly out in Arlington and. That brings a run home, and, and Auburn kind of started cooking from there. And then in the third inning, he hits another sack fly, uh, brings another run home, and uh, breaks the 1-1 one, one tie. And Auburn just never really stopped from there. They loaded the bases multiple times. Drew, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they drew, what was it? It was eight hit-by-pitches and seven walks, I believe. Um, Kansas State just couldn't finish off batters. They would get batters in two-strike situations, uh, and they try to run a fastball in and plunk a guy, and it was just – it was bad. It was bad. Um, and and I, I can't remember who they played. It might have been Michigan the previous day, and, and it was the same thing. They would, they would, get, they would get Michigan in two-strike counts, and Michigan would tee off, or uh, they would lose them on uh, full counts, and um, just, just not the strongest Kansas State pitching staff. That's why there is – Still a little worry about the offense because it's not the greatest Kansas State pitching staff. Um, they're not going to compete in the Big 12 with with the Oklahomas and the Texas Techs and and uh, Oklahoma State, and uh, which, by the way, Oklahoma State really sneaky up there at Vanderbilt this weekend. Um, going to do a lot of damage out there in the Big 12. So, yeah, I mean, two and one, it's a win. It's a, it's a series win. You're coming back to Auburn. Uh, you got Troy Wednesday night and uh, first home game of the season. And, and Plains, Plainsman Park needs to be loud and proud and, and get behind the Auburn baseball Tigers. And, and uh, hopefully we can get a, a, a midweek win and, uh, and continue to get hot, man. Get the bats hot and, and stay hot. And uh, – and get behind this Auburn baseball team. The pitching looks absolutely incredible. That is one of the question marks I had going into the season, and I knew it was going to be a deep bullpen, but I didn't know the starting pitching and, and where we were going to go from there. But, man, it looked absolutely incredible this weekend, and there's a lot of promise right now with this Auburn baseball team. I know a lot of people didn't give them the preseason hype. I think they were – some had them six, some had them seventh in the preseason uh, SEC West standings. But man, if they can get these sticks going, and uh, they can start hitting the baseball, their pitching is going to take them uh, really, really far. So, uh, really excited about Auburn baseball, and and wanted to hop on here tonight and talk about those three things and and give my give my thoughts on it and and how excited I am about Auburn basketball, Auburn baseball. Uh, I think we're uh, really really in a good spot with Auburn athletics right now and uh, super excited. So y'all, I really appreciate you hopping on here and listening to me. And uh, I know it's, you know, it's mostly Auburn content right now, but uh, that's what I love to cover. And, and I just wanted to uh, tell you guys a little bit about a um, guest. Uh, I got Brian Kristofferson uh, from Nebraska um, he is coming on here. Uh, he's a senior writer for Husker247.com. We're going to do an episode Wednesday, and we're going to talk about the Nebraska Cornhuskers, the Nebraska Cornhuskers football program, and the Scott Frost uh, hot seat, and a little bit of a Nebraska recruiting. Saw some things on Twitter with them heating up on the uh, 2023 class, 
And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, who could be the next starting quarterback in Nebraska, their defense, and how they can get back to that black shirt mentality uh, that, that we grew up in the 90s, or at least I grew up in the 90s, knowing uh, that that deadly combo there. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about their schedule and how they dodge – I believe they dodge Michigan State and Ohio State this year. Uh, but they do have Oklahoma coming to town, and um, I believe they have to go to Iowa. And and uh, I believe they have Wisconsin coming to town, Oklahoma to come, in, come into town, and they have to go to Iowa and to somebody else. Maybe it's Minnesota or something. I'm blanking right now. But uh, yeah, tough schedule for for Nebraska, and we're gonna see if they if the if they can get to a bowl game, and we're gonna see what Brian thinks on that. And uh, I think it's gonna be a really good episode. So I hope you guys tune in for that when I release it. I've really enjoyed it, man. Appreciate you tuning in. If you could go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, give uh, five star reviews, whatever you like, written review. Uh, if you want to sign up to support the uh, the podcast for for monthly subscriptions or whatever, you can do that in the link. Uh, that is on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple if you want to check that out. And uh, I really appreciate you guys hopping on here and listening to me tonight, and I will catch you guys on the next one. I'm out. Peace.